Courtside Club is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's Rewards. Must be 21 or older. All I know is I've never been so invested in a game. What was your parlay? Bengals money line? Huh? You said you parlayed. <laughs> no, you I said mean, I had a parlay. I think like parlaying the conversation. Sorry. Oh, I thought no. you bet the no, game. No, I didn't bet on the game. That's a way too advanced word for me. My bad. <laughs> What's up, you guys? I'm Rachel Mita, and welcome to the Courtside Club. Today, I am joined by an NBA and NFL insider. We're hoping to get a story dropping we'll see, right we'll now. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. In this interview, uh, Jordan Schultz, welcome to the Courtside Club. Great to be here. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Can you actually? Because um, I don't think we were rolling at the time, but you asked me before we even started. You're like, um, so I have to leave my ringer on my phone because there's a couple stories I'm yeah. waiting on. What's going on? Okay, so. I mean, this is like for the NFL. I've really kind of shifted my ethos to be, be to becoming an NFL insider. And the last year has been really good in that in that respect. Um, so it's been great. And as I focused on it, I've gotten a lot more stories because I'm not having to call twice as many executives and agents and players. I'm just focusing on football, really. Okay. But some NBA, you know, sprinkled in here and there. So with football. It's like training camp, and you don't think that guys are going to get signed, but there's still all these really good veterans. Jason Pierre, Paul, we saw Anthony Barr get signed. Jason Peters is going to the Hall of Fame. We just had him on my show a couple days ago. He still wants to play. So there's all these guys that are still waiting to get that call and find that team. So even though it's August now and free agency is long over in theory, my phone is still with me 24 hours a day. I keep it on at night because I'm not going to miss a story. And I actually have missed because (laughs) – like I was with my kids uh, horseback riding a couple weeks ago, and a pretty prominent player Aww. something happened, and I didn't have the story because I eight nine minutes no service, and that sucks. But for the most part, I'm going to have my phone with me all the time. That's crazy. I wouldn't even know where to begin to become an insider. How does one get into this? How do you get those connections? How do you break the stories when you do? Okay, you remember when you're getting recruited for basketball? Yes. And because I, <laughs> I, I I know about your game and you're a shooter like me, so we always automatically relate. Well, I was also a unathletic high school basketball player, big time shooter, big time scorer. So yeah. you know, I got recruited by a fair amount of teams. When you start getting one, then like more come in. You know, it's like I heard that this coach is recruiting yeah. you at this school. You must be decent. You know, okay. you must yeah. be worth at least a call. So it's very much the same with NFL or M- I guess NBA becoming an insider. It's all word of mouth, trust. You do right by a player, by an agent, by a team. They know they can trust you. And it's also not transactional. You know, if if you are trying to get a story, well, you're not going to talk about that story for a year or two years with that player or that team or that coach, whatever it is, agent, because you want to make sure that it's a genuine friendship relationship first. And it's also two-way. That's the last thing I would say. It's like if you want information, you have to give information. So that's why you have to be on the phone so much for better or worse. And my wife hates me. So the last story that you broke, what happened kind of leading up to that? Well, it was Debo and DK or the last two. Uh, I, I guess we could focus on DK um, because – we have a really good relationship and the key too is like I don't want to reach out to guys when they're already a star. Like I want to get to know you when you're in high school or in college mm-hmm. before everyone knows who you are and before your phone's blown up with eight <laughs> other guys asking for right. stories. So for me with DK it was let's build a relationship while he's at Ole Miss and when he's drafted 
and oh, he's in Seattle. I'm from Seattle. Let me set you up with some really good people. You need a real estate person. So there's like that actual okay. human like element, yeah. element to it and a friendship. And we really vibed. And sure enough, like, you know, when it comes down to it, you never know if you're going to get that breaking story, but you always hope. Was that? That's not, that's not my text. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, <laughs> sorry. That's, that, that's, uh, that's something else. <laughs> now no, I'm like not. on the edge of but my seat just, ready for the it. The <laughs> bottom line is you just really want to become an ally. And I always feel like because I played four years in college and, and unsuccessfully professionally that I grew up immersed in basketball mm-hmm. and I relate to players. I think I relate to players really well because I saw the struggle and I know what it takes in theory to, to get to that point, even though I, I never did. Yeah. No, I think that is something. And a lot of actually pro athletes have come out recently and they don't love when there are commentators or people in the media who didn't play talk about them. Yeah. And they never played the sport. And so for me, it goes both ways, but you and I are the same. I obviously did not play at the highest level in going professionally, but I do understand what that struggle is like. And those, those little elements that you might not understand if you weren't there, you know what I mean? So you might be able to build that trust a little bit better with players. When I interview athletes, I feel like they trust me because I just like, I get it a little bit, you know, I'm not playing in that NBA. I'm not even close, but I get it. Like I also had AAU tournaments, you know, I also was a day. Yeah. (laughs) Three people in a hotel room right? in North Carolina, wherever it is. That's where we used to go. My my AAU team had two lottery picks on it. We had Martel Webster and Brandon Roy. They were on they oh, were in cool. our program. Yeah. And Brandon was a year younger, Martel was two years or Brandon was a year older, but Martel was two below me. And so I saw how they went from like unknown fourteen year olds to a thousand coaches, it felt like at every game, Coach K, Lute Olson. Yeah. And it was like all of a sudden their lives changed, it felt like overnight. And I remember feeling, How can you not be so overwhelmed by this? And in Brandon's case, you know, he had this great career until he got hurt, but I just always sympathize for that. So did you always want to get into media after yeah. your basketball career? I did. I, I was obsessed. Really? I learned, okay. Rachel, I wasn't exactly the greatest student, <laughs> but I learned how to read from reading the New York Times sports section as a kid. That oh, was like cool. how I, yeah. you know, I just devoured it. And I became like a voracious consumer of all things sports, mostly basketball and football. Okay. So I always knew this is what I wanted to do. I mean, all the internships I did, everything was focused on getting into media once I was done. Okay, and specifically sports. 100%. Because I yeah. feel like that's that's maybe where we differ. We talked yeah. a little bit before we went on air how our playing style was very similar. Our, our basketball Shooter. playing career. Yeah. yeah. Both loved to shoot. But I was somebody who actually played basketball and then went home and did everything that wasn't sports. Like, like what? I... I mean, I was just into like watching movies and hanging out with my friends. I didn't watch, I didn't start watching college basketball until I was getting recruited and I didn't know if these teams were good or not. <laughs> and I was like, Wait, so, so what, if a team reached out, you didn't even typically know? I who didn't they know were. if they were good. Wow. And then it was the same thing after I quit basketball. I actually didn't watch basketball for like three and a half years. Didn't watch it, didn't play it, didn't nothing. It was a clean break and I went into entertainment hosting. So where I'm I'm at now is I like bringing the entertainment and the sports together, together. and that's kind of what that's I'm dope. doing. Yeah. You went straight into stats, like hardcore. Yeah, <laughs> this is what I'm obsessed with. I was just like I viewed it as an extension of my basketball career. Yeah, like it was. It took the same thing I loved, which was sports and relationships, and just allowed me to do it at the next level. Is so. there anybody who was in media who 
mentored you or you looked up to or you got to meet kind of early on that helped you? Uh, when I was a kid, not when I was a kid, like young, because I think when you're a kid, you look up to athletes, not like, not, although, you know, like sports center, I'm 36. So sports center was like my day and age. That's like Rich Eisen, Stuart Scott. I I didn't meet them necessarily, but I, I like idolized them. So I shouldn't, I I, I guess that's fair. Um, when I was like 26, so like 10 years ago, um, my agent at the time connected me with Adam Schefter. Cool. Who had just kind of started a pop. Yeah. And he spent like an hour and a half with me over a coffee and just went through of like, here are the do's and don'ts. And that was really cool at the time. And I didn't know then that I wanted to be an insider or even in the NFL, but I knew I wanted to be in sports. Mm-hmm. And so that was that was helpful. And we've maintained a, a really good friendship. He's definitely helped uh, help me along the way in that regard. I'd say Adam probably the most. Yeah. And now you've crossed over, you're, you're doing stuff with the boardroom, and then also you were doing the podcast with CJ for a while. So yeah. you've kind of tapped into this new media yeah. space well, as players well. players are. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I fell into YouTube. That's how I'm in this space, because I've just always been here. <laughs> I, was, I was on YouTube, then I was in a video game. Now yeah, I'm, I, I'm just like, the digital world is my world, and yeah. I'm cool with it. I love it here. Um, how did you link up with CJ and you guys start that? Because that's an amazing show. You guys won yeah. awards for it. CJ's one of the smartest athletes in the NBA. He's journal- awesome. Journalism major. Yeah. So he's from Ohio too. Yeah, he's right? from Kenton. Yeah, Kenton Lehigh. Yeah, Kenton. I was Kenton. getting recruited by Lehigh also. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, Kenton's not like a hotbed. I don't. I don't think for sports is it? I mean, kinda? it's close to Akron. Yeah. Right. So, it's like an Akron. But you know, it's just me, LeBron, and Steph Curry from Akron. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's <laughs> yeah, that's the trifecta. To, right? So, okay, so this is a perfect example of how relationships in this business come full circle. So I go way back, way back with Earl Watson. He was like a 12-year NBA point guard, backup starter, completely total overachiever, okay. like six feet, was great at UCLA. And we became really, really close over the years. And... He was actually CJ's vet and, and then assistant coach in Portland. Oh, okay, cool. And yeah. so CJ's like rookie year, he was like, you got to meet this kid. He's like amazing. <laughs> and yeah. he was like, I think he's going to be a really good player. It's too early. But at the very least, you guys are going to really hit it off. So we got connected and just really hit it off. Him being just like this journalism major who also was kind of a little bit of a nerd, a little bit, yeah, you know, uh, I could see that. and he, you know, him also just being, he's a super genuine dude. Uh, we shared a lot of laughs over food. He's a big foodie like me, big wine guy. So we had a lot in common. And then him being in the Northwest where I'm from Seattle, yeah. just vibed really, really well. And cool. we became really close over a short period of time. So who decided on the idea for the podcast? So the podcast relationships, again, the podcast came about uh pull up pod shout out. Um, my first job in radio was NBC Sports Radio. It was a Sunday morning radio show from, I think, 8 to noon that nobody listened to. I mean, nobody. <laughs> but it was a great experience. It was four hours of reps. Oh, know, yeah. Every Sunday. For sure. And so um, my boss there, who was a great guy, we kept in touch and always kept in touch, even though I never knew if anything would come of it. But I liked him. And, you know, you want to stay on people's radars. So I would bother yeah. him every, every two months, you know, te- send him a text. How you doing? And then he he reached out to me and says, we just hired CJ to do this new pod on oh, kind cool. of like culture, life, basketball. I think he'd be a great fit. Do you want to do you want to do you want the job? 
cool. So that that was like a great example of not only the relationship with CJ, but yeah. also keeping that relationship that at the time felt like there wasn't anything for me to quote gain from it or even him, but we just stayed friends. Right. So I mean in this industry as well i mean you know it better than me people move around so often too yeah. so i'll work with somebody at one company and i'll love working with them one of us will leave i'll leave but then later on they're somewhere else they're at youtube and then they want to hire me to work with them again at youtube if you keep those good relationships then that's the biggest thing in media in general you started off at youtube how old were you when you really got it going i think 2k hired me when i was 24 or 25 wow i think or and, 23. And did you have a say in how you how you were represented in the game? I love how you just flipped the interview on me. No, um, I'm, just, I'm just super curious. We started out with that show. There were three people on episode one. It was me and, and two shooters and that also worked as editors. Wow. So we kind of built that thing from the ground. A lot of the interviews in the first few years I was booking, I was, again, reaching out to agents and yeah. like through relationships. And then one agent was like, oh, we love this interview you did with this player. I also have this player who would love to come that's, on. So, that's how it works. Yeah, that's just kind of how it happened. That's, that's how it works. And also like the booking and the agent saying like, oh, you took care of my guy. You made him look good. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he liked it. He right. had a good time. He doesn't like doing that. You know, you always hear that. He doesn't like doing media. Right. You're like, just, just come to my show. <laughs> yeah. Give me 15, 20 minutes. I promise. I promise it'll, be, it'll right. be good. Well, I think that's one thing, too, in the media. You can pick, you can pick what route you want to take because there are people in media who are ruthless and really don't give a damn and will say whatever they want and will have anybody across the seat from them and talk about stuff that maybe you know this person does not want to talk about. And that's fine, and that works for them, but you might never get that interview again, or you might never yeah, get probably. like somebody at that for agency again, you yeah. know? Um, for me, it's like it's just not even my personality, and I feel like that's with you as well. It's not really my personality to just dig into some negative clickbait stuff, you know? I think the short-term gain of that is so outweighed by yeah. the long-term gain of that relationship. For sure. And if you're going to – here's the thing. If there's something really negative or a story – um, what I try to do is to give the person who you're going to write it about the opportunity to speak on it uh, and give them a chance to comment. If it's a live interview, unless you both know what direction it's going, unless you're very clear before, you, you never want to blindside someone, especially if it's something yeah. really hard to talk about. Unless you have the relationship with that person and they know you're going there. Right. You just you don't do it. I agree. Yeah. So now you're with the boardroom as well. Yeah. And is that, I'm assuming, also came from your relationships with different people. 100%. That's all it is. This whole thing yeah. is related to like a, it's like a carousel. You put the corner and it goes around <laughs> and around. Um, I had gotten really close with Rich Kleiman, who's Kevin's like agent. He says, I'm not his agent. I'm like, he doesn't even want to refer to that. But his agent, manager, confidant, yeah. best friend. He does all the things. Yeah. We got really close playing tennis together and hoops just in the summers. He helped move the conversation with ESPN, who ultimately hired me for three years. So Rich and I got really close, and as a result, you know, got to spend some, have gotten a chance to get to know Kevin, who, who I love. I think he's a, he's a wonderful guy and, and pretty misunderstood person. But 
Yeah, I think I think in general, a lot of the media maybe doesn't have the best relationship with him because he is one athlete who isn't afraid to say something back. Yeah. If you say something about him, you know. He, see, he sees it. Love it or hate it. it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Are you guys cooking up anything over there that we uh, should be on the lookout for? Well, right now, right, well, there's a couple of things happening right now, as I'm <laughs> sure you're. Um, the whole league is in like this waiting period. For him to make a decision here right. and, and ultimately decide what he wants. And I didn't even mean on the basketball side, but, okay. but the the boardroom side. Are you guys kind of on on hold until we I think see... everything's on hold until yeah. until the... the, the well, know, really... The whole NBA is on hold. Right. You know? But the NBA career comes first for the boardroom Always. to continue to yeah. be successful. Yeah. I mean, like a lot of athletes have had tremendous success with off-the-court platforms. Mm-hmm. Like Steph... Um, he has the underrated golf tour. He has production company, obviously Spring Hill, 35 Ventures with Kevin. It's like a, athletes are taking their story and they're starting to control the narrative, which is a great thing. Some fans weren't happy with Draymond kind of doing his podcast during the finals. That was, yeah. Why? I don't, I don't know either. And, and it created a lot of buzz to even like we're talking about it right now. Yeah. But it's, it's a testament to players taking the narrative into their own hands and doing things aside from basketball that maybe is just new to people. Because in the past, everybody, if you look back to the Allen Iverson days and Tracy McGrady days, Shaq days, everybody was doing something other than basketball, rapping and movies, whatever. But now you do a (laughs) podcast and you talk after a game and now people are upset about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, in Draymond's case, he gets hired by the volume with Cowherd, which is pretty cool when you think about like what that means and he's starting to he's trying to do what cj is doing which is setting yourself up for a career after while you're still playing and while you're still relevant right it it makes perfect sense to me and why not capitalize and try to get subscribers during the finals that's (laughs) you're never going to have a hotter time i actually have a fun game for you love it so facts or cap okay Uh uh-huh so I have some sports myths and conspiracies. Okay. I want to see what you think. Okay. Start off easy. Professional athletes are overpaid. Facts or cap? cap. Do I have to say why? Yeah, go for it. Cap because they're generating millions of dollars for the league, for the teams. You're worth what you can get. So cap. What about baseball players? I mean, I don't really... Can I swear? No. I, I don't really with baseball but <laughs> but like of course they're not overpaid it, it's like they're still professional athletes true you know baseball i guess is the one sport that i, don't, I was like wow these salaries are insane wow. yeah i don't really I mean, I mean good for anybody who's getting a checklist i'm not trying to take checks from anybody i'm just saying i don't you don't get understand it, yeah, it. Yeah. yeah i don't get how nfl contracts are not guaranteed out of all the sports that's the one that needs to be guaranteed <laughs> but that's another story true okay speaking of nfl the Madden cover athlete curse. Facts or cap? Uh, I think it's a fact. It's happened too many times. <laughs> I go back to the Peyton. Peyton Hillis was probably the worst. He like never played football again <laughs> when crazy. he was on the cover. Um, who else has been on the cover? This it's more injuries. Guys have gotten hurt yeah. so many times. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I'll say fact. Yeah. Uh, defense wins championships. That, that's like the old Bill Parcells. Defense wins championships. Yeah, it's like... No, it. that's cap because the Celtics had the best defense in like 40 years, and they didn't win. Mm-hmm. And in football, when the Chiefs won it, they didn't have a top five defense. Uh, the Bucks, 
I guess they had a good defense. No, it's Cap. There's too many great offenses. We haven't seen a truly dominant defense yeah. win a Super Bowl since Seattle, but then they had Russ. And before that, it was Baltimore. So yeah, they in this day them. and age, Cap. That's like saying you have to run the ball to win games. It's great to have a great running back, but you, you don't need it. Did you watch the Super Bowl or were you at the Super Bowl? I, I watched this one. I wasn't there. What did you think about the last few minutes of the game? Why well, I, I picked Cincinnati. I'm just parlaying because I was upset. You were parlaying <laughs> to say the least. during the game? I'm just saying the defense wins championships because well, the defense so- somehow, shut down. somehow the Rams got the ball in the one yard line. Are you inferring that the NFL's officials are not I, always motivated by the by honesty of the game? Integrity I, of the game? All I know is I've never been so invested in a game and I've never paid attention as much as I did. What was your parlay? During Bengals that. money line? Huh? You said you parlayed. <laughs> no, you I said mean, I had a parlay. I think parlaying the, the, the conversation. Sorry. Oh, I thought no. you bet the no, game. No, I didn't bet on the game. No, you I said did I had not. a parlay. I thought no, you had like no, no, Bengals no. Like parlaying from defense wins championships to the that's, Super Bowl to where that's there was. That's a way too advanced word for me. My uh, bad. <laughs> no, I just think betting once I hear parlay. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, this was one game that I did not bet on. Why didn't you bet? Everybody bet Super Bowl. I don't know because I think I was too invested emotionally. Otherwise, I was already upset, you, and I thought like we had it. Yeah, being Ohio, but you did have it. Uh, anyway, that will. But just you know what? Me. They got a great young team and, and great referees so. in LA. I'm just kidding. Yeah, NFL is the worst refs. We know that. <laughs> NBA second, but NFL's first. <laughs> Muhammad Ali's phantom punch. The Sunday Liston fight. Mm-hmm. The, that Liston took a dive because he needed the money. I think it was that was that. That's kind of the conspiracy. Like he was, he was, he owed money to the mob. No, I'm going to say Cap because that okay. disrespects Muhammad Ali, who's the greatest literally ever. True. So Cap. I think yeah. Uh, I'm not too invested. I mean, that was in this like one. considered the biggest upset of all time. People, I guess, were just like reviewing the punch, and it just didn't seem like it landed the way it needed to. And he, and there's, you know, the, the, there's there wasn't HD cameras in 1969 or whatever it was, so yeah. there's no way to like really look at. We it. don't know, but you say cap. I'm gonna say cap because okay. it disrespects Muhammad Ali, and okay. I love Muhammad Ali. I'll take that. Oh, this is something that we talked about a little bit earlier. But former athletes and coaches are better commentators than someone who didn't play the sport at a high level. It's not a prerequisite, but it, I think it helps. Yeah. So overall fact, if I'm going to say one or the other. So do you know who's one person that like diminishes this argument for me is Ernie Johnson. The best. Yeah. Like literally the best. Yeah. That's, that's, that's fair. But that's that fair. is somebody that's, so that's always what I go back to, but he's also somebody who spends hours upon hours upon hours. He's a grinder. Yeah. yeah. He's a true grinder. Um, Adam Lefko, you know Adam? Really good friend of mine. He does the th- Thursday nights like uh, TNT show inside the NBA. And he was like, Ernie Johnson's the hardest worker I've ever seen in my life. This mm-hmm. guy never stops. And I've seen, you've seen the video. So yeah, yeah, Ernie's a good example. But he also, have you read his book by chance? I had not read his book. Okay, great read. Okay. <laughs> During Ernie Johnson promo right now. Also met the guy, kindest man on the planet. Has a full family. It's just... What he's done is crazy, and every time he's prepared. And then at the same time, he has superstars next to him and just make sure that they stay in line. That's a skill in itself. That is. No, 100%. He is the ultimate. He is the Steph Curry or Magic Johnson of announcers. Yeah. Okay, last one. Someone poisoned Michael Jordan's pizza before the flu game. I'm going to say 100% facts. Facts, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know about that until, say, the, la- the last dance. Yeah. And... I have to believe it based on the fact that like four guys 
who were obviously jazz fans, delivered the pizza. It was two in the morning. He's sick as he got. It wasn't the flu game. It was the food well, poisoning. Well, now game. we know, but it yeah. was always known as that flu game. And I remember, I don't know if this was for you too, like growing up, if I was sick, now nobody does anything if they're sick because of COVID. But yeah, like, when you were growing up and you were sick, you would just like muscle through it. Yeah, and I yeah. would play any game or go yeah. to work or whatever. And I'd have a fever, but yeah. I would just, you know, be uh, out doing uh, of it. Of course. But my parents and coaches always reference back to like, remember Michael Jordan's flu game? He had 103 That's, temperature yeah. and he played. And he played the greatest game yeah. <laughs> yeah um i think that's a i think it's a total fact yeah and it only adds to his mystique all right people we're brought to you by caesar sportsbook the greatest sports betting app of all time see it's not just about the daily promos odd boosts or the hundreds of ways to wager it's about the immortal words of caesar himself you bet you get with caesar's rewards Every bet you place on the app, no matter the outcome, earns towards exclusive perks at Caesars Rewards destinations everywhere. Hotel stays, concert tickets, bonuses, and more. Download the Caesars Sportsbook app, become a Caesars Rewards member today, and get more with every wager. Must be 21 or older to gamble. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. I want to go back to somebody that you mentioned, Magic Johnson. I know that you have a relationship with him. How did you know that? I think I heard it in one of your interviews that you were talking about. By the way, Magic Johnson has uh, coached me in a celebrity basketball game. Awesome dude. Like, so cool. He's incredible. Like, talk to my parents. So nice. Um, I like to take my parents to things because they never meet celebrities or basketball players. So for him to, like, take time out of his day and talk to my parents. It was so cool. So how'd you guys meet? We met when I was a kid. Um, I, I'm going to go back to how we met, but I want—I do want to tell a story. Okay. Because, so I, I'm I'm pretty low profile when it comes to this stuff, but but he was at my wedding. That, you know, I, we've known him a long time. And he shows up to the wedding, and, you know, you can imagine that it's just all these people just <laughs> right. leave the guy alone, you know, and I yeah. tell my crazy aunt you know please don't ask him for his picture or his, at least not his autograph even my like friends who who like i was like guys you just g- g- make sure you give him some space this is yeah. like he doesn't want to be bothered by like you idiots at this wedding and <laughs> so if they're you, all just like looking <laughs> yeah they're, they're like well what if we just like offer him a shot and then we could like hang out with him <laughs> And I was like, he'll drink if he wants to drink. You don't need to like right. get him a shot at the free bar, you know. So <laughs> your family's getting Magic Johnson wasted. Yeah, I'm just wedding. like leave the guy alone, <laughs> you know. So so sure enough, we get there and after ceremony, uh, I see just like it's like a it's just like a herd, you know, going toward him. <laughs> oh, and he's six no. nine. You can't right. miss him. Yeah, he's six nine. So I see there's this herd of people, and I I like tell my wife. Uh, I was like, this is this is so this is so bad. Like this poor guy. Just, <laughs> I was like, what do we do? She, she was like, you just gotta let it be. Like this is our wedding. He'll be fine. He's used to it. So I I go over to him and I'm like, how you doing? And he's like, gives a lot of love. Dasks me up. He's like, oh man, like, this is great. And I was like, I just wanna I just wanna apologize. He was like, what do you mean? I was like, I I seen that there's probably a hundred people that have come up to you in the last hour. Yeah. He was like, oh man, no, I encouraged it. I, lo- I love it. I, I want to. These people that never oh, cool. never met them before. Yeah. They're excited. I want them to have a great experience meeting me. No problem. Love so that. so I just I want to say that because he's such a people person. He genuinely he loves people. Yeah. And we used to work out all the time together and, and play hoops and 
you know, I love that he coached you because I know what he's like as a coach. Mm-hmm. Very inspirational. Like, you got this? Come on, babe. And uh, people would come up to him all the time. Yeah. And I'd be, and I was just like, oh, man, here we go again. He was so nice. I never once seen him say no to an autograph, a picture, conversation. It's always that. Yeah. So to go take it all the way back, um, you know, I've known him since I was a kid. And uh, we've. He's been he's special. special How person. does one meet Magic Johnson as a well, kid? Well, that's that's a good that's a good <laughs> question. Um, I also have a good Shaq story. I don't know if we have time because I Shaq. Yeah. Oh, I, we love Shaq on okay. the Courtside Club. Okay. He'll be here. He has a Courtside Club hat. We just need to get him on. You gotta get him on. But he's yeah. a busy man. He, he's a busy man so. and a big man. You're gonna need about <laughs> right. Much, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sure he'll come on. So I I mean this is your show. So you're asking me. This is not something that I talk about a lot. But for those who don't know, my dad is CEO, founder of Starbucks. Uh, he actually just went back to the company in March, uh, CEO for the third time. Uh, he's sixty-nine. Congrats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not a congrats. I mean, it's like just retire. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I grew up immersed, obviously Seattle, mm-hmm. um, and Magic was the first and only person that ever owned a Starbucks, uh, multiple. So when I was like maybe ten, eleven years old, my dad went to Magic and said. Um, we'd love for you to be our partner and build a series of Starbucks in low-income areas in South Central Los Angeles, Watts, Inglewood. Cool. So yeah. I think he did like 8, 10, 12, something like that. And they're, to this day, like some of the most successful Starbucks because basically no companies would go into these neighborhoods, no retail stores. And when yeah. Starbucks went in, it set the table and all of them went, especially because Magic endorsed it. Right. And they were, they've been enormously successful. And so I got to know Magic as a kid very organically he'd come over to the house uh obviously he was that's done cool. playing so he was over a lot and he'd stay with us and so for me it was a very personal relationship and that's why i was so protective all these people like bothering the guy but he right. obviously didn't mind yeah and actually that's, that's a shack story too did you ever hear that one no you didn't you you we started okay. there then we backtracked I, this is your pod i'm taking over here yeah go for it so, at least i'm not being interviewed well i can flip it <laughs> no please you know? don't <laughs> so so shack uh before magic or simultaneously my pop went to Shaq and asked him the exact same question. And he oh, okay. was prime Shaq because this is like 2000. This is like amidst their three-peat. Yeah. And he's in L.A. and he wanted to do the same thing in South Central L.A. And Shaq was like, black people don't drink coffee. Because where he was from, mm-hmm. that's, he had never seen it. Yeah. And that's literally what he, he told my dad. He was like, we, I'm not, I, never seen, I never seen anybody of color drink coffee. Uh, the answer is no. And so every time <laughs> he sees me now, he's like, I, I, I hate myself. Like, I could have been one of the greats, you know, like Magic, like Shaq, Howard. He's and, and he's always like because he's such a businessman. Shaq, he is. didn't, he didn't, he, he only right. he didn't buy into it, right. and so he couldn't support it. Right, he is a businessman. Right, but he so didn't I'm saying now he's kicking himself because yeah. he's like, oh, it would have been yeah, substantial. It would have been yeah, massive. Yeah. Whenever I'm drinking a Starbucks around him, he's just like. What what got away? What could have been? Right. You know. So have you worked with Magic or Shaq kind of in your media landscape? A little with Shaq, but I'm so respectful of like that relationship, those relationships. So very little. I think I did one small thing with Shaq, like when he was promoting a video game a couple years, like five, six years ago. So other than that, not really. I do I will say that when I was a kid, whenever the Lakers were in town, Shaq would come over for dinner the night before. Mm-hmm. And he would literally come and sit on my bed and be like, we'd like hang out because he's a big kid. <laughs> yeah. And he would take up the whole bed and he would eat so much food. <laughs> he would eat a massive cake, like a whole cake. Yeah. And he'd be like, look what I can do. So <laughs> I, I just love Shaq. He was right. like a big brother, but also like older and way bigger. 
He was just the coolest guy. And he's just like that today. I feel like it's crazy for you because you see people who grew up, obviously your family's very fortunate, very smart, but you also, um, I heard in another interview, just talk about the work ethic that you all have. And for someone like you, I feel like that could go one of two ways. You, you're doing a ton for yourself. You said you even went so far as wanting to change your yeah, name. the Hebrew name. Because you want to yeah. have your own path. You know what I mean? But there are some kids who probably just been like, I am chilling, man. Yeah. Or I'm going to, you know, go work at Starbucks also or just help my dad or whatever. Yeah. So what kind of fueled you, I guess, to, to take your own path and create this lane? I listened to your interview with Drew Hanlon, and he talked a lot about. Oh, I inspired you. you well, it's a little, it's a little later, but I listened to it, and I loved what he and you both said about how, like, you would great the great ones in his case, like he talks about Embiid, like just find a way throughout the day to be working on their game, even when they're not like in the gym. Yeah, There's just always a way to get better. So for me as a kid, I originally parlayed it into basketball. It was all basketball. <laughs> yeah. Some baseball. I was a good athlete, not a great athlete. I was a really hard worker. And I had a very good high school career as a result. But I always knew that Starbucks wasn't even like – it wasn't even an option. It was like if there was a window, it was just closed. I never even considered it because for okay. me, it was never going to be – I was never going to like have made it on my own. I was always going to be Howard's son. Mm-hmm. And not that like I'm never Howard, – I'm not Howard's son, but – in that company with that shadow, it would have been, it would have probably been catastrophic for me. I just like couldn't deal with it. It got really bad at like away games, like the Frappuccino chants and the oh, Starbucks sucks. And Starbucks is so wait. Know. So when you would get the ball, people would chant like that? more the free throw line. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or like when I get the ball, they'd be like Starbucks, Starbucks. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I actually liked it. So I, was I so got I got knee pads because I was the only girl on my team who wore knee pads. I, like, Wait, in, in, in basketball? Yeah. I've never even heard of that. Wearing knee pads in basketball? It's not soccer or volleyball. Come on, Rachel. Yeah, but I never got injured, and I was scrappy, and I was going after loose balls when other girls weren't. So, so you were always on worked. the ground, and you felt like, this is protect me. I, I just, yeah, I just always wore them. I wasn't always, like, I wasn't falling on the ground. Knee, they called you knee pads. They would, ch- I mean, they, you have to pick something, yeah. right? If you were, if you're, if you're any, if, if you're, you're even good, decent, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I always got knee pads, knee pads, you got Starbucks. I don't know. I might take Starbucks. It's kind of cooler than it wasn't cool. It was like, (laughs) but I used to, I reveled in it. You know, I've like seen, I've gone back and like watched tapes and like, I was so immature. I would like egg them on. And you know, if you hit a few threes, they're done, you know? Yeah, exactly. And usually that happened. Although, you know, you'd have your off games and they just, just you. Um, but no, my parents were super supportive when I was like 16, maybe sophomore year of high school, we sat down and they were like, do you have any idea what you want to do? And I was like, I know I want to do sports media and some, some capacity so they were really supportive and that made a massive difference yeah that's cool that that you had that backing too and you were able to find your own drive because like i said some people will just chill but i think also growing up in that space um you know it wasn't like uncommon to have famous people like at the house you know it was a lot that would happen a lot or at dinners it was always just i was around it so much i think that's really helped me with athletes because um, I just feel so comfortable around them, and I I see what their plight is. Like I know how hard it is. But uh, you also just see the human element I to do. the athletes. Also, has there been anybody that you've been starstruck around? That's a good one. Let me let me think about that because I'm sure, probably like not an athlete necessarily. Maybe more like an actor or a singer or something. Yeah. When I but like 
it was just so many times when I was a kid where I was like you two Bono would like come over, you know, and then like so, you know Shaq, and I just was I was so immersed in it. Yeah. You know, so it's it's super seldom. But I'm sure it's happened. I, I will I will find one. So there's been one for me, and it was Allen Iverson. That's, yeah. Because that was my favorite player growing up. And that's somebody who's also, like, not really on social media. Yeah. He's not in the scene very much or doing events here. And he's not that many places. You know what I mean? He's not as accessible he's as not, some of right. these other yeah. guys are. So I remember when I saw him, I met him briefly. And I was just like, um... You were my favorite player growing up. Thank you for all that you did for the game of basketball. Like, and he was like, "Oh, thank you," and like shook my hand. But I was probably just like, "Yeah, <laughs> why not?" You're also like, "Wow, and you're only like five eleven. I was like, "Thank you so much," and bye. <laughs> He's an icon. One of my favorite players ever. Yeah. I know that you said you're focusing on the NFL right now, but what NBA storylines you've been following? I, I think the young talent is incredible. Uh, Jay Nivey, Anthony Edwards, Morant. Kate Cunningham, it's endless. But the French kid who I recommend, you just go on YouTube. Okay. His name is Victor Wimbignana. He's like 7'2", seven, 7'3". Seven, He's 18. He he looks like a combination of Giannis and like Morant. He handles it. He's a perimeter oh, player. He handles it. He's like what we thought Porzingis was. Okay. He's super athletic. Uh, th- this guy, Victor Wimignana, is just utterly ridiculous. And he, he's like surefire number one pick. Everyone's obsessed with him. It just seems like every couple of years we get one of these. So where is he now? He's in the French League. Okay. Yeah. He's ridiculous. He's, so next year. He's, he's like 7'3", probably 190 pounds, maybe. Uh, I mean, did you see Hustle? No, not yet. What? I know I need to watch it. Because I know I Rob know. Weiss said he loved it on your show, and I was like, Rachel saw it. Yeah, I do need to watch it, but I'm one of those people who has like four shows going at a time, yeah. and I have to finish them to Okay, get that's fair. To that. It's a great movie. Yeah. It's kind of like, it almost feels a little bit like that, where okay. this guy's come out of nowhere, a European, and he's like a unicorn. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. Any bold predictions on teams? Um, Any teams you think are going to surprise well, I, us? Are the Lakers going to do what they say? I said I said before last season the Lakers will not make the playoffs. I got obliterated for it. <laughs> they will not make the playoffs, or they'll be a low seed. The, the, the team is just not. I like the Darvin Ham hire, but they're so hamstrung. Yeah. So no, um, I really think this narrative that like Phoenix's window is closed is is ludicrous. Okay, you know? and then they they're bringing back Cam Johnson. Obviously, Aiden they matched on. I mean Booker CP the team they won sixty four games. They were in the finals two years ago, a game and a half away from losing from winning it. I don't know how – I guess they lost to Dallas, but like this, this script has been flipped that they're not a good team anymore or that they can't contend. It's wild. But do you think it's more so – it's not even their abilities, but it's just their like inability to, to close? I think people – you know what I mean? Like the like mindset the around thing. that team? Phoenix was really cool two years ago. You know, they were they yeah. beat the Lakers. People were like, "Oh, Booker's a star. Yeah. Chris Paul's back." Then they flame out against Dallas, and everyone's disappointed, and they're no longer a yeah. cool story. It's like why everyone loves Memphis now or Minnesota; these up and coming teams. But Phoenix is still built with a great coach, Monty Williams, to win a championship, and I no doubt they'll get there. Yeah, I called the Warriors, and people thought I was crazy too. Okay, so you called before Clay got before he came back. When he was coming back, okay. yeah, before play, I said that they were going to win it all, and wow. everybody thought I was crazy. Yeah, let me let me rewind the clock a little bit for you. Okay, about a month left in the regular season, I go to San Francisco and they play the Suns. 
Mm-hmm. They lose. Seth was not playing then. He was still hurt. They lose to the Suns, and it felt like the entire city was like, we're, we're finished. Yeah. This team stinks. Clay had like a terrible game. And I, I spoke with Steph after the game, and I spent a little time with him, and you, you almost could feel the, you could almost feel the wheels turning like, I'm coming back. Clay's just coming back. Draymond's going to be fine. Like, everyone can keep doubting us, but there's no question, like, we're going to surprise people. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, I just don't know if I can get there. I, I love this team, yeah. but the injuries, and sure enough. And that's why he's Steph Curry. He is, to me, let me okay. ask you, as much as I love Magic, I put Steph ahead of Magic. I, I do. Where you on that? I say I, I didn't watch Magic enough to make, to make that evaluation. So Curry. Yeah. Magic 2, just because you're like, he's so good. I, yeah, I just didn't, I don't watch enough of his games, but I've been to so many Warriors games. Like, I've seen stuff in person, and what he's doing for the NBA now is insane. Like, he's changed, changed the, the game. entire game. He's changed the game. There's 11 year olds, like, shooting from we the, were ahead of the volleyball time, line. <laughs> right? <The> shooters. <laughs> Dang it. I would have, I would have, how many coaches told you like, in this, in today's game? Yeah, how many coaches would tell you, Rachel, like, get to the hoop? Get the free throw you know how many times I got in trouble because I would step over half court, take two shoot. steps and shoot it. But that was actually a, a play of ours off the tip was tip oh, it to me a couple, 30? yeah, a couple dribbles to a shot because nobody's guarding at that point. Right. No one's guarding you. So, but like you would have a wide open layup. Don't take it. Like take the three. They wanted to start off on that. That was our play. I like that. So, My coach didn't give me that freedom, but <laughs> I think I, I think I shot you know, if I wasn't shooting, I was on the bench. Like if I was passing up shots, they're like, we have you in for one reason. What did you average? Shoot the ball. Of high school. Of high school, like 15. That's, that's good. That's yeah. good. And, and do you know like what percentage you shot from three roughly? I don't actually, I could look it up. I and don't what's know. What's your career high? 43. You gotta be kidding me. I'm 42 and I could pull up the article. Oh really? 42. That's dope. Yeah. How many threes? 11. Not in that. No, I had like six that game. Oh, oh you mean threes? Ever in a game? No, no, yeah, ever in a game. Um, seven. It's only seven. That's a lot. And can I ask you your your uh, all time Mount Rushmore of basketball? Hmm. So it's four. It's four. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard not to do five. I mean, all right, give me your five. I just want to know. I just like knowing because I always throw Iverson in there because that was my favorite player. Okay. So it's it's Iverson, Kobe, Jordan, LeBron, and Shaq. Okay. It's very new school. Jordan, Kobe, Kareem, LeBron. Uh, and I think the fifth is, is – I always say Larry Bird, and he's probably not there, but I just love Larry Bird highlights. So that's so. like your Larry Bird is my yeah. Iverson. Yeah. See, I loved Iverson, and he was a completely different player than I was. Yeah. It's like – It guys, didn't make any sense at yeah, all. <laughs> low percentage. But I also two. watched J.J. Redick when he was at Duke, and like I was you know, looking up to him. Are we going to do like the video thing, like the start bench cut thing, the movies? I don't get that. No, that was just specific for oh, Rob Weiss. You didn't was, even see the was, movies. Yours was the facts are kept. Oh, okay, you're fine, so fine. ready. <laughs> okay, I just want to. Okay, best no, basketball movie record, of all time. I just want to go on the record. That, uh, remember the Titans, for me, is the best football movie. Okay. And the basketball movie is, um, as much as I love He Got Game, I'm still going with uh, Love and Basketball. Love and Basketball. I'll take it. And you have Coach Carter. I have Coach Carter still. But I need to watch Hustle, too. Hustle is definitely legit. Very good. I do, though, have some buzzer beaters for you. I love buzzer beaters. Cool. I wasn't good at them, but I like I like answering. Ideal 
Food and drink combo while sitting courtside. Probably like a, a really good cold beer and, okay. like, and like fish and chips. I don't, okay. eat, I don't eat meat, so fish. Okay. Do they sell that at basketball? No, but... The, okay, yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm vegan, so See, I haven't eaten meat I, I don't ages. eat meat. I haven't eaten meat since I was a kid, so... Oh, you're vegan? Excellent. Yeah, I haven't eaten meat since I was 18. It's great. But we do drink Starbucks. It's great. Yeah, I'll, get you, I'll, get you, I'll get you a gift card. So I'm a yeah. it'll, it'll, it'll get you like two drinks. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, what's the best game that you've ever been courtside for? 96 finals. I think it was... Uh, oh, wow. Game four... Seattle beat Chicago, so that would have been that. Yeah, or or the '96 Western Conference Finals when the when Seattle beat the Jazz. Either way, I mean that whole season that was Gary Payton, Sean Kemp in their prime. That's crazy. That was that was great. Yeah. Oh, oh also one more. Okay. Uh, I think it was the 2009 Finals. It was Lakers, uh, Celtics, and oh, that's it a was the game too. when they were. The Lakers were down like 24, and they came all the way back and won. It was like game two or something. Oh, that's dope. That was, I was on the floor. That was, that was, that might be all time. That, was I was Co- like, Kobe, I was going to say that Pete might Kobe. be the best one. Yeah, yeah. Pete Kobe. <laughs> okay, so who was one person dead or alive that you would love to sit courtside with? I heard, I heard you ask Rob that. Um, I guess I would keep it in the sports realm, and I'd really want to know like what Dr. James Naismith would think okay. about like today's game. He'd be like, what the is this right you know <laughs> what is this thing that i created where's the peach poop it's like yeah. where is my uh yeah. where's my royalty yeah where's also? my royalty yeah. <laughs> what yeah. The hell? yeah what is this game yeah so and last but not least what is one event in history sports or otherwise yeah. that you'd love to be courtside what, what, for? what did the guys rob say assassination in jfk that was my first guest who got angry about that question he got angry. He said, what do you mean no. history? No, it's a great He's question. like, there are so many bad things in history. I don't want to be so many good things. I, right? I know, but I guess okay. that's where his mind went. Speaking of JFK, it would be unbelievable to know how he actually, like what actually happened. What transpired. My dad yeah. is, a, speaking of my dad, just ridiculously interested in this topic. So I've been hearing <laughs> millions of theories since I was a kid on how he actually died. He's like down the conspiracy rabbit hole. Big time. Hole, but yeah. if I had to, I think it would be unbelievably cool to see, I guess it's not in one event, but it's it's basic. How, when Lincoln freed the slaves, I don't know if okay. I, I, I rewatched the movie recently and then read a couple books. It, it what it, what this man went through and the backlash he got, it was un- unbelievable. Yeah. And when he freed the slaves, it, it completely changed the landscape of the country for sure. And I would just love to ask, just understand like how he did it. How did you do this? And what was the biggest struggle to get there? Yeah. I feel like I'm having a history lesson today because this is not the first time Lincoln has been brought up really? in the podcast. I yeah. was like, damn it. I hope I didn't No, even- no, no. It's not not in this. Some, um, another one of my guests has... Uh, actually, you might know him, Buster. Buster. The, the, the Buster show. Share. I don't know. Oh, okay. Know. He was familiar with you, but... Um, oh, okay. He, ha- he has like collectibles and he has something from Abraham Lincoln. Oh yeah. my gosh, that's so that and a, is amazing. A signature and a stamp. So that is um, that is unbelievable. Yeah, I'm not like the biggest history buff, but I agree. That wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I was just thinking about you asked me earlier. You asked about relationships and how you break these stories. So when I broke the Gronkowski news of him retiring, there's a little bit of a oh, good okay. backstory there. I don't know if you want me to tell it. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell it really quick. Okay. Met him a couple of years ago. Became friendly. And um, he loves animals. 
and so we connected on that because that's that's I love animals. My yeah. wife, that's what she does. And so he goes to like Petco and and buys everybody animal supplies, and he's like an animal. Oh, I love that. He's yeah. totally obsessed, and he loves his dogs. And so we started connecting on that. And I said to him six months ago, "Is it possible when you do announce your decision to give me a heads up so I could help you break the news?" And he was like, oh, "Of course." And I. I didn't want to push back in terms of like the next six months. Like, oh. is there a decision coming? I just let it be. He calls me up 20 minutes before and he says, I'm retiring and I want you to announce it. And I was like, wait, first of all, I definitely thought he was coming back. And I was like, are you sure? And he, yeah, I'm sure. And he says, you can announce it. And I said, he said, but you need to wait 15 minutes. And I said, okay, it's probably going to get leaked before. And he was like, I don't care. Just put it out. He was like, I, I want you to get the story. That's how much it – and for him to be thinking about that right. during his moment yeah. about me above and beyond. Truly, guys, yeah, one, that's one so of a cool. kind. So wait, but why did you think it was going to get leaked? Because a lot of times, when it's, especially when it's a story of that magnitude, of, right. of that player, right. it, it's just the chances of somebody getting a hold of it, the team telling someone else, the oh, agent, yeah, yeah, not yeah, yeah. the Rob. Right. But he's got to tell the team, hey, I'm not coming back. Right. The chances of it getting leaked. And anybody's going to take that information 100%. immediately. Yeah. That's cool about Gronk, though. I love Gronk that. is the coolest. Yeah. You got to get him on the show. He right? is the coolest guy. Let him know to come. I, I, I will. I will. I'll be with him in a week. So I, cool. I definitely will. Bring Camille, too. She's awesome. Camille is cool. Rob is the coolest guy ever. Though. You're going to be like, wow, what a great guy. Like, yeah. How did you ever play football? You're too nice. We can talk about animals the whole time. Yeah, for sure. I'll easily pivot. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of animals. You ever want to come visit? We have a farm. We have over 100, really? over 100 animals. Cool. A rescue. Really? All? All of them. Every single one. What kind of animals? Any farm animal you can think of, we have. Uh, uh, sheep, goat, horse, mini horse, donkey, duck, uh, cat, bird. Uh, pigs. We have four pigs. Everything. Cool. Have you been to the sanctuary in Utah? The Best Friends Sanctuary? No, but we, we are affiliated with it, and they are one of the best. Amazing. So I, I volunteered. Oh, I saw you post something about this, I think. So yeah. I volunteered with them when I was living in L.A. I volunteered with Best Friends. That's where I have gotten my cats from. I'm a crazy cat lady. Just yeah, have we this weird too. connection yeah, we to them. Too. Yeah, so, and then I, I took a volunteer trip to Utah, and I volunteered with the special needs cats at the sanctuary in Utah. Wow. So they have all these different houses and there's this one house that's like special needs cats. So they're all like two legs, three legs, blind, deaf, oh. cancer, all oh. like literally all the things you can think of. But it was, you know, I cleaned litter boxes and played with them and fed them and gave them love. And a lot of them come from like hoarding situations, yes. but it was like the best trip. So I would love to see what your family has as I well. Love that. I nice. love that. Yeah. All right. We'll definitely connect anyway. on that because I'm animal freak. Cool. So. Before I actually let you go, yeah. where can people find you? What should we be looking out for? Uh, well, I just got on TikTok. You have a great TikTok. Cool, yeah. I'm, I'm You've been doing like NBA commentaries. T- yeah. just, just to get some yeah. consistency. Gotta start somewhere. Uh, so I'm on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. I mean, it's you know, it's all the same. I mean, I have different profiles, but you can just probably find me on there. Cool. So I would love to understand your TikTok world and like how you do. <laughs> I'm actually taping some stuff from today. I'm not going to do like a day in the life thing. I'll take like a video of this. Maybe you can like say hi. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Just tag me. Cool. Thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure that you like and subscribe and we'll see you next time.